Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And this is your superpower. And it's like, uh, I'm just like, fuck it. It's just estrogen, mate. Calm down. (laughs) Hello and welcome slash welcome back to the Miseducate podcast. My name is Sarah Gathugu, host and owner of the Miseducate blog and now podcast. This podcast is centred on having open and honest conversations about the aspects of life we have been misinformed on. Whether that be relationships, religion, culture, you name it, I'm here to talk about it. Each episode, I'll be inviting guests to talk about their own experiences of miseducation and what they are doing to re-educate themselves. This podcast is not here to provide you with the answers, but perspective. It aims to make you laugh, think, and hopefully spark conversations for change. None of us have it right. We have all been miseducated. In this episode, I am joined again by my friend Esther, who you'll remember from episode 16, as we discuss menstruation, aunt Flo. Yes, that's right, we're talking about periods. We talked about puberty, birth control, lots and lots of talk about blood clots and so much more verbal trigger warning this episode goes into explicit about periods and blood and there is a reference to miscarriage so please proceed with caution while listening to this episode however with that being said this episode is not just for those who bleed and have periods but it's for everyone Disclaimer, we are not qualified physicians or OBs, so take everything that we say with a pinch of salt. We are just two friends talking about our experiences, period. So, without further ado, let's get into it. All right, welcome back to another episode. We are joined once again by the one, the only, Esther Githu. <laughs> Hello, hi, good to be back. <laughs> it's great to have you back. You were the longest episode of when last year but yeah last year that adds yeah. up. I, can, I can talk for we were the longest episode but it was such a great conversation I loved talking to you uh, boy his life changed <laughs> <laughs> um but obviously because of how great the episode was last year I have to have you back on again this year and I have invited you back to talk about periods, menstruation, aunt flow. Oh yeah, I got that. What, what's the other? What's other terms for periods? Menstruation, aunt flow. That's about all I know. That's all I know. Yeah, I don't know why I wanted to say silver moon, but it's probably something to do with the moon. There's probably. As soon as you said that, I thought blood moon. Probably. Probably your monthlies, the monthlies, yeah, yeah. the hormone monster, mm, hormone monster. But yeah, I feel like the first thing or the first question to introduce the topic because actually I was talking about this with Sylvia the other day and we were just kind of like nobody really talks about or we're not very 
I can't say nobody, but I feel like we're not as open as we need to be about women's health. Yeah, absolutely. We're not. And it's, but it also comes down to like education, you know, we've not really um, put much focus on female health for a really long time. Mm -hmm. If you look at when research into hormones and into anything to do with the female body that's not directly related to pregnancy, we've only recently started prioritizing it as a research piece. So. Mm. And that's so interesting because it really does say like how women are valued in society that we're only really valued as baby makers. So it's like, we're going to do all this research into how you as a machine keep this child alive, but not into you as an individual. Yeah. It does kind of feel like you're a mechanic or like like we're we're machines and men are these mechanics that well, are just what like baby making machines that's why yeah. in that yeah we're literally just made baby making machines and now all of a sudden it's like oh actually let's do research into women and we find out all this different stuff about ourselves oh and my there, god there are humans behind those uteruses there are you who would have thought who would have thought not me not me never yeah. me not them um, <laughs> but my first question is your first period story do you remember uh, yeah I do I got my period young mm-hmm. it came early like I even remember when it came my and I told my mum she was like no you're confused because I was still in primary school uh-huh and I was like but I I didn't I knew enough to know I had like two other friends who'd already started their periods at the time. Mm-hmm. I knew vaguely what it was. I wasn't too like, oh my God, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. But she was very like, okay. Cause I started at school, I came home and I was like, I have to get changed, you know, like I think my periods come, whatever. And she didn't really like get into what it was, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What to expect or anything like that. She just was like, stay here and came out with pads and was like, like, to be fair to her, she got, like, underwear out and, like, she showed me how to put it on. Mm-hmm. I was, like... But then it was, like, we don't talk about this. Like, this is a secret. It's going to happen. Done. Like, she was, like, you let me know when, when a pack ends. Let me know when you need others for the next Interesting. One. And, like, it wasn't, like, you don't put it on, the like, the weekly shopping list. It was come and tell me. Interesting. I would, like, tell her. And then maybe, like, a day or two later, it would come back, like, in a little blue bag. Like, it would still be in the shopper bag. Mm. And my chest of drawers so it was like oh she'd put it in my drawer and then it was just there but yeah it was a very like hush 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 okay this is normal it's fine you're okay you're not dying but like get on with it no one's telling me that the pain is normal how many days it's gonna last like any of that it was just like so when you first got your period do you remember like how you how you felt like when you were like oh my god do you remember like the specific day I remember the day really well because I was in year five. Uh huh. I remember it was like, you know, close enough. I was. I remember finding it really like stressful mm-hmm. because I just didn't know the whys. And I was like, I knew because when my friend first got hers, we didn't really learn anything. She thought she was dying because all mm. you know about bleeding out is that it's the next step is death. Blood, death. Yeah. yeah. So she was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So because of her experience by the time mine came I was a little bit more like 
I'm not going to die, but still, what is this? But then, yeah, I was still the sense of like, what is this? Why is it so painful? Like, what's going on? I just, you know me, like, I like all the answers. I'm very controlled. Like, I need all the information. <laughs> like that, I actually think came in tandem with like some of the moments of big anxiety for me. Because I was like, mm. and, and no one's going to talk to you about it. Your teachers aren't really telling you anything because they need to sign off. Wait, were you in school? I was in school when it started, but I, I was too ashamed to bring it up to a teacher. I remember that. I remember being like, this is so embarrassing. I don't really want to talk to a teacher oh. about this. So I just like crossed my legs and like, I don't know, hoped that I could keep it in until I got home. Oh. And then my mum picked me up and oh my God, yeah, I tried to start bringing it up, but she, I think she could tell what I was going to say. And because she thought I was confused because I was so young, uh-huh. my brother was in the car. She was like, Shh, we'll talk about this when we get in the house. Yeah, and then, and then when I like showed her my underwear, I was like, no, like, then she was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, and then it's almost as if, and then as you said, the kind of like putting on the list, um, you don't put it on the shopping list, you just go to her and you tell her that you need more pads, and it's almost like she was being the, the period equivalent of a tooth fairy, which is like yeah. a, a period fairy. <laughs> and then it's just like, pads! On yeah. the dresser, in the drawer. I think she wasn't incredibly enforcing of keeping it a secret, really. Mm-hmm. But my aunts were. Like, I remember one time I had left, like, I just, you know, you have the pen and you have the tissue thing and you roll it up and then you just put it in the bin. Mm-hmm. So I just put it in the bathroom bin. Mm-hmm. And my, I don't know if she, like, was staying with us, she was from Kenya, and she, like, opened the bin to put something in there and she saw it. And, oh my god I like remember being like dragged by my little arm and she was like no 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 because now everybody knows and I was like okay interesting yeah and then she I don't know like a day a day later or later that day I had like a bin for my room so I was like uh-huh. very long so interesting yeah. do you feel like um in like the earlier years of like getting your period and kind of like figuring out your cycle and all of that different stuff do you feel like the shame was developed around the like not necessarily your family okay wait not necessarily your mom but like your family member like I get no I guess that's the question like where did the shame I come from don't know I think it's like from the sense of just being really dirty Mm. Like, I think it being a secret, I don't think being more secretive about it and, like, you know, keeping it to yourself. Like, I think my mum really kind of said it to me the same way that you don't go around showing your underwear. Like, she wasn't, she didn't make it this big, dirty thing that was, like, mm-hmm. horrible. Um, She was just kind of like, it's just a private thing that you're going through, and that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. like, she did it more that way. Yeah, my aunts who were in Kenya were much more, like, like, you keep that to yourself. Like, this is, don't ever... Like, yeah. Know. But I actually think the reason why I felt like a sense of shame was really because it just felt really dirty. And mm. I think the first time it happened is like, you know, you feel it in your legs and like, you know, it always feels like you pee yourself, but it's heavier and it's oh just my really God. Like, yes. and you leak and oh my God. And like, you just feel really dirty. And I just, and then I guess, because maybe it was like, you know, when they'd come stay with us, it was enforced as a big secret. It doubles like, oh, it just doesn't feel like a good experience yeah it's not a good thing I feel I kind of I feel the same with you because like 
when I first started my period, I was like, I think like 12 or 13. So I was like in year eight. So we had already had like the puberty talks and stuff like that. Other girls in my class already had their period. Also, I have an older sister and my mom was very, if there's one thing my mom was going to tell us, it was about our periods. She said, oh, okay. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about periods today. Um, So I felt like when it did happen, I was very like aware of it happening. And I remember leaving school and because we don't, we didn't live far from the secondary school that I went to I remember just walking home and I actually remember walking past my crush at the time and him like trying to like talk to me and just being like please don't talk to me right now because you as you said it feels like you're peeing yourself so I literally was like thank god our you know our school uniform was navy blue so like nobody could see a thing but I genuinely felt like I was peeing myself and this guy is like so do you always walk home this way like and I'm like are you serious (laughs) I was like I'm dying I don't know what's I need to get away I can't tell you what's happening my stomach is in nuts I am cramping I need to get home I feel like I'm peeing myself and all I knew to do because like my mom had taught me how to like put a pad on so I knew what to do because when I got home nobody was home so I knew that I would go home put a pad on and then The only other thing that I knew was like taking paracetamol and drinking cranberry juice. So I did all those things and I kind of just sat on the sofa waiting for my mum to come because I was like, it's happened. It's finally happened. This thing, it feels like I was being prepared for something. Like, yeah, it's finally happened. It's happened to you. And then I'm just like wrapping a blanket around myself, just looking, staring at the door, waiting for my mum to come in, just kind of like shivering and just, holding myself in pain she comes in and she's like are you okay and I was like no and she was like what's wrong and I was like I just didn't want to say it like I I don't know what it was it is that feeling of like I felt like even though I knew that this was a normal thing that it was going to happen I still felt like I don't know how to openly talk about it I feel dirty I don't know what it is like I just remember my mom just being like what is it what's happened and I was like I was just looking at her like intensely, like, mm, like read my mind. I don't want to say the words out loud. And she finally got it. And she was like, oh, are you? And she was like, did you put the pad on properly? Have you taken um, paracetamol? Like, are you comfortable? All the things that you need? Would you like a hot water bottle? All those different stuff. Um, and it like, she was fine with it, but it very was, it very much still was like a hush, hush don't talk about it with other people um I don't even think I really talked about it with my friends in the early years I think by the time I got to secondary school it wasn't really something that people discussed like I so I think at that point you had the sex talk right so like it Mm. wasn't as like alarming or anything Mm. I just got on with it but yeah I don't know I think you know my mum was I I think she did the best she could because she's the only girl of eight children Mm. and so she didn't have any sisters she didn't have any sister that she would later have to talk to about it yeah or have to talk to her about it mm. so I think I think she, she did her best she, she mm. did I mean I was there for angels so like it got a bit better but I want to I, I want to get into that later because you actually you have a younger sister and how that experience was like kind of like I don't I guess passing down the secrets of of menstruation 
Um, But I kind of want to go into like school and that whole culture and how it influenced the hush-hushness of I I think it's particularly around boys, right? Because like boys kind of tease you, like they think it's this disgust. Like also I think for boys, like they generally thought that you were like bleeding gallons of blood a day. You know, I remember Mm -hmm. when we had that um, science class and they were like, yes, it's about roughly four tablespoons. And they were like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, do you think that we're just bleeding? Like, do you not think we would be attached to like an IV unit if we were literally losing that much blood at any second, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I don't know, I think also that age, like people will teach you for anything. You can literally have like slightly bright brown hair and they'd be like, ew. <laughs> like um, It's true. I don't looking back, I look at it and I'm like, that's they're so stupid because it's such a normal thing like it's such a normal it's so normal but I do remember do you remember the box they used to give us I think it was probably uh like in like PC they give you a box in year seven or while our school did they gave us a box and it had all different types of like pads like for different types of flows um and like tampons and all of that different stuff and I remember all of the girls being given this box and then the boys were like okay what happened and the yeah. girls are like we got a box and they were like oh that's tampons and then they're all like opening them up and like throwing them and sticking them on each other and they're running away as if you have given them the plague like yeah. they're literally like get it off me get it off me get it off me and I'm like it's a I look back on it as a 24 year old and I'm like that was so stupid like you guys are so stupid like you were scared of a pad not a used pad yeah a very clean pad you. and you why but yeah I think you were right like when it comes to or when it came to kind of like periods on the playground and stuff like that it was very like you were gonna be teased about any and everything yeah and I remember like if you need to go to the toilet and having to come up with like really discreet ways to go because you didn't want people to know, but you'd go to pee and you wouldn't usually take your bag with you because you're going back to class. Mm-hmm. So take your bag. Everyone's going to know, but then you don't want to like just carry it in your hand. And it became this, like having to come up with like a tactic just to go to the bathroom to like change your pad. And I remember I used to like, cause I had a backpack cause I'm a, fucking geek and I would like go into my backpack and I would get my pad and I would like shimmy up my hand and shimmy it into my sleeve Mm. like oh miss I need to go to the bathroom and I'd get up and I'd just and like head to the bathroom and come back and yeah it's something I I caught myself doing in the workplace as well and then one day I was like what you know what all these people are married with wives who either like married with wives yeah actually that is an important distinction um, <laughs> who either who have kids mm. long-term partners so mm. I'm like you're well aware of what a period is it's fine so sometimes mm. I get up I go in my bag I take a tampon out and I go out like I'm not mm-hmm. waving it around like look at me I'm just like getting it and I'm walking out as casually as I would anything else mm. but back then I remember having the fear yeah I think yeah in school it was very much like I don't, I felt, I don't know about you, but I also felt kind of like ashamed when it came to talking about periods with like my friends who were also other young girls. 
like I kind of felt a bit like I didn't want to say immediate I think it wasn't until like later and probably like year 10 year 11 so like around 14 15 16 that yeah. I was like oh yeah I'm on my period like I'm I'm cramping right now but in the earlier years it was very much like I didn't want to tell them oh I feel like I'm like I would like kind of hide taking ibuprofens I would kind of like be like I'm gonna go to the bathroom you guys can go to lunch without me I'll meet you there because there's a long line and stuff like that I just didn't there was a lot of shame of not saying anything I think because of constantly hearing like the boys being like oh dirty all that different stuff and I don't know about you but in your year but talking about like the odor as well like if certain girls were on their period they smelt differently and the name calling then so it's kind of like you I never wanted to be like associated with periods because I was like I just don't want to draw more attention to myself yeah I think but I think in general like school and firstly you could not pay me enough money in the world to go back to secondary school I said this the other day I said, I'm sorry, being an adult is the absolute ghetto, but there is no amount of money you could pay me to be 13, 14, 15 again. There isn't, especially as a girl, there is not an amount. That whole rush of hormones and emotions. That was a horrible period of life. Disgusting. And you know what Disgusting. else? Girls are also horrible. Oh my God, they're terrible. They're so, terrible. The pressure of academia the pre- your body is changing every two seconds oh my god you're thin as anything you're curvier you, you if suddenly everyone has a say in what you should be looking like mm-hmm. you feel all these feelings everyone's feeling all these feelings we're the star of you think that you're the star of everybody's show you know mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's the worst uh, it's the can- worst time and you think you know everything, but you actually know nothing. Your so skin is changing. Time. All of a sudden, now you have acne. Then you're, what's it called? Then you start growing body hair all over the place. And then all of a sudden, because you're a girl, you're supposed what? to be shaving. And now you're shaving. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm cutting myself. And you have to find the right razors. Oh, and you, you're you bleeding once yourself. a month. You have to constantly fill in a parent in the loop. Or find some way to get some money to do what you want to do. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. have the autonomy. Everything is up for a big conversation. And you're explaining things. Like, I remember the, the concept of shaving. My mom was like, you don't need to shave. Why would you need to shave? You, like, get on with your life. You're a kid. Who cares? And I'm like, I care. If I'm hairy, do you want me to have no friends? It feels like, like the, and everything feels like the end of the world. Yeah, I don't know. Like, one thing, I think with school, you watch all these things happen to people. And you're just like... I don't want that to be me. Mm-hmm. Way. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that I didn't talk about my period because I was, I felt like any like shame or anything. I think it was just more that nobody was talking about it and I probably would have, but I didn't want to be the first. Mm. So if someone else said something, I'd be like, yeah, me too. So, but like nobody did. So mm. like, guess it's you I, and you, girl. Yeah. I honestly feel like, in terms of like secondary school, it it was a very like, for being a young girl, like it's a volatile time. It kind of feels like you're in a war zone because you have no idea what's going on. No, absolutely. No and like you look back at it and you probably think you're being dramatic thinking about it that way. But then I have my sister who's just turned 16. And like the last two years of talking to her about her life, I am like triggered left and right. I'm like, God, it's just the same as it always was. Like mm-hmm. it, 
I was like, I wasn't looking at that in like a, um, I don't know, what's that word? Like dramatized way. That's actually what life was like then. Yes. For real, for real. No, because you're always comparing as well. And you're just trying to like feel, it's an it's a very insecure period. Well, for some people it is. I will say for myself, it was a very insecure period. Like it was just constantly on edge, constant anxiety. So then to add on top of like your changing body as well as like your period, you're just kind of like, I don't know where I can go to feel safe and comfortable, especially when you're cramping for five days a month and you're like, I don't know what to do myself. It's, it's um, like, I think even as an adult now, I feel like in our, you know, um, your 20s after uni mm-hmm. is a very like, almost a similar place where you know you're figuring everything out you don't really know where you belong like you're trying to you know just understand things a bit better but I feel like the difference between now and then is that at least now we have the knowledge of kind of and and what's the word like you realistically kind of know everything's going to be okay you just Mm. don't know how it's going to end up yeah whereas as a teenager you like you don't know if it's going to be okay you're like this is the end and I think that's the worst bit is like going through those same emotions but without any actual knowledge Mm. and that's quite scary and like but I don't know even on the topic of periods I feel like now I've recently been reading up more about just the female body I was reading a book called um period power Mm -hmm. and as I was reading this I was like good god I don't know a damn thing about my own body what was it saying it's talking about everything so like um the book starts off by just actually explaining to you all the hormones in your body it's like a bit of like a textbook book but it's uh-huh. like it has this quirky like I don't know if you're into this if anybody is into this I find it a little bit annoying but there's like and this is your superpower and it's like and I'm just like fuck it. it's just estrogen mate calm down <laughs> like, <laughs> so they do that in spin classes sometimes like you're your own hero and it's like I'm I I don't think you're on time. Yeah. <laughs> but um it's it's a good book, easily written, and she discusses what each hormone is there to do, what it's responsible for, when at what place of your cycle it comes out. Um, and then also talks about how you know you have artificial versions of those hormones because of mm-hmm. birth control. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like. And then it very um it has a slight tilting towards following like a natural cycle mm-hmm. not being on any sort of conception but it also talks about it in a very not fully neutral but mu- neutral-esque kind mm. of way. So you know what each different birth control does and then goes on to talk about different sex like you know your body and like you know if you are aroused by like certain things why and what all the nerve endings are and like mm. you know all these conditions that you can have as a woman that impact your menstrual cycle that impact your stomach and your diet, your um, mental health, your, and then, you know, later on it goes on to like menopause and what that's really like. And, you know, some mm-hmm. very early stage menopause at like 32. So you just, and all these things. And it talks about like, you know, your follicles and your eggs and like all these things. And I'm just like, no one's ever told me this. Like, I know this because I've used my hard earned money to pick up this book mm. and sit and read it. And mm. she- um the woman writing it is a doctor she's a gp i think and um she talks about how the book came about because she'd have all these women coming in and talking to her about things that 
because of her knowledge, she'd be like, don't you, we all know this? And she'd be telling women stuff and they'd be like, what? I'm 40 years old and I'm just learning this. I'm like 50 and I've just found this out. And she was like, no, 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 no. And she started these um, like workshops to teach women. Mm. And then that's as she did more, she was like, oh, women don't know things about themselves and their bodies. Mm-hmm. And that's how the books come about. That's so interesting because it kind of goes back to like what you were saying before about like how the research into women and our bodies have had it's been very recent. Yeah, it's because at this point it was talking about it, and um, and it was even interesting in the sense of like when, like for example, when birth control came about, the way that birth control is and all the side effects it has is because when it was made, it was kind of made to solve a problem first Mm. and it was just made for women and women that they kind of I don't know thought were of ill repute you know because if you're a married woman then you should just be having all the babies you can right Mm -hmm. and we're having sex outside marriage and there's all the stigma and like um you know it it is it wasn't created the same way other things are and also it was like a similar they didn't used to do research on women because they never want to like fuck up their fertility in any way. Because mm. it was like this golden bubble. Her uterus is so precious. And that's we'd hate to do anything to it because that's all she's good for. But like if you're a woman, you know, who's infertile, they're like, yeah, chuck her in. She she can't do shit. We'll do something. Yeah. Like we can fuck her up her life. That's fine. Yeah, even like painkillers are and a lot of medicines that we use on a daily basis or like a weekly basis are made from information we have only on men. So we actually don't know loads mm. at least for a long time, but until recently, about what it does to us. And the differences it between it, yeah. Differences, because we have different hormones, different hormone cycles, um, and our bodies are built up very differently. So, yeah. Literally, we, we're we living in a patriarchal world. Like, even have you looked into, like, I don't know, I think it was, like, uh, going through Instagram and TikTok for a while about how, like, birthing research was done. So as a black woman, you are doubly fucked. Girl, girl. When yeah. it comes to, what's it called? Like uh, the origins of gynecology, like. Terrifying. Actually scary. Very uh, heartbreakingly scary, especially for black women. And That's then. That's going to call me strong. Uh-uh. You, you even slightly push me, I'm going to cry. Delicate flower over here. Me, I'm delicate. Delicate. Oh, delicate flower. For real, for real. But for those of you that do not know about the origin of um, gynecology, it was basically founded on um, experiments on black slaves in enslaved black enslaved women um, in America, um, and it's really sad. I actually watched a play the other day called Family Tree. Oh, I should have. Ah, oh, sorry. This is a side thought. I should have told you that they were going on tour. And they, I think there was a week where they were in Edinburgh, and I should have told you because I think you really would have enjoyed it. That's like that's my cup of tea. Yeah, because I even went to like I observed some rehearsals and like honestly they were such a great cast. I really loved Think the show. Think um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. And the thing is, is that I looked at the tour date and I kept texting people like because they were going to London and I text my friends that were in London and I was like, I think you might like this show. If you're available, go check it out. All this different. Why? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I am so sorry. Because the way I'm really encouraging you to be like, take yourself out on dates and doing all these creative things. 
And then the one thing. Oh. oh, shame on you. It's fine. I'll find a way to forgive you. Minus one friend point. Minus one friend point. Yeah. Um, but in the in the show, they do kind of talk about like the origins of gynecology, and they talk about the history of Miss Henrietta Lacks, who we owe a lot to. Um, and it was just basically talking about the exploitation of Black women's bodies and how they have been used to kind of found the findings for a lot of um research into women and gynecology and different stuff that affects us. Um, but for me as a black woman hey hmm. it just it was just one of those things that I remember after watching it like as much as I was like this was a beautiful piece of work it also made me really angry because I was like ain't gonna catch me slipping absolutely no you will not no not using me but there are so many women that go into hospitals and then for one simple thing and then they're not taken seriously especially when it comes to birth yeah, I mean, but also on the topic of periods, like um, and things around periods, and endometriosis, and yeah, endometriosis, and like PCOS as well. Mm-hmm. Sort of like hormone related issues that like, like I was listening to um the podcast where Mel Mel made me do it. Mel made mm-hmm. it. What's her, what's her at? Her at? She was on the Receipts podcast. This is years ago, and she was talking about how she didn't even realize that she had that condition. Because her whole life, she just thought periods are painful. They're meant to be excruciating, mm. you know? And, like, the actress from um, Blackish that plays, like, the young twin girl, she's also oh, yes. at the moment about having endometriosis. And she didn't... It's just, like, growing up for so long as a woman, because you're giving such little information, mm-hmm. it's not given to you in any depth. So, yes, periods can be painful. You can have cramps and stuff. There's levels, you know? Mm. And they've been crippling pain. And they just thought, oh, yeah, standard. Because mm. of just, you know, lack of awareness, not proper. Mm. You know, lack of information. Talking, lack of information. We're not talking to each other a lot. It's like, I think what, we, what I say often about, like, things to do with sex, you know, it's not until now that we're talking about it more openly that we mm. can be like, you can say something. And then one of your friends is like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not normal. That's not mm. normal. Mm-hmm. And like, you're like, pull them back and you can have a conversation and I was like speaking to one of my friends who was like yeah you know when you like can't even go to the gym because you have such horrible period pain you can't really get up you have to take like that one day off work all the time and you're throwing up and like your whole body's on fire and you get like almost like heat rash from just like internal pain and I was like no no I don't yeah a physician yeah now that you're saying now that you're saying that it's it's true like it's like it's not even just the lack of information and the lack of not being able to freely talk about periods, but also the kind of the ways in which we have normalized or kind of just belittled women. Oh, what's the appropriate word? I would say gaslit women to being like, oh, this is normal when it's not. And it could be something like endometriosis and stuff like that. Like you should not be in like pain so yeah. severe that you are like because I've heard stories of like women being like yeah I passed out yeah like one of my period it's like 12, um, 12 days of annual leave every year because you know that there's gonna be one day where you're in so much pain that you like can't get up like that's insane to me I was like that's not normal mm. please go see someone mm-hmm. and, although I saw a TikTok today that was like you know when you're a woman who spends four months on a medical wait list 
and then go and see the doctor and you tell them that you are constantly throwing up every time your period comes you're feeling suicidal you're you're bloated to the point of looking pregnant you're in crippling pain you get horrible like you know cystic um cystic acne yeah that's time and it was like and then the gp says oh but your blood looks fine just your initial blood work so you're all good it's just the period and i was like and this doctor stitched it like please go see a specialist because these are all these things that could be yeah these things are normal and they should have done a more like she know she started talking about the type of blood panel that they actually should have done mm-hmm. if they really cared to look into it mm-hmm. um yeah like it's messed up and there's also like Sylvia sent me um an article like a couple of days ago uh, about like PMDD. Yeah. And it's like it's premenstrual uh Dysphor- dysphoric disorder. Yeah. Um that is similar to PMS. Also saying in saying it's similar to PMS. Also in saying that like PMS is actually a condition. For the longest time when did people you find were like out? Oh, it's not like it's it's a fake thing. It's fake. I thought PMS was like kiki hee for I'm having a bad period, or like oh I'm just you know I'm just a little bit down because I'm on my period. Like I thought that's what PMS was, and then one of my friends was actually diagnosed, and I was like, whoa, okay, this is a like these are genuinely honestly it blows my mind, and I think it's it's it kind of adds to the frustration of. There are so many of these things that we're just not aware of because of the lack of information, the lack of research, and the fact that everything is like, hush, 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 hush. Like, remember when it became a controversy when, like, period ads, like, stopped changing? They changed the liquid that they would use from the blue to the red, and people were like, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's like, but we bleed, we literally we bleed or like did you see do you remember in parliament when there was that uproar about requesting the removal of um pink tax on period products because it's actual healthcare product it's not for like Mm -hmm. anything yeah they were like well well, 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 mm." because hold on wait a minute but then we were like okay so can we then tax viagra then they're like yeah actually that's a health product and it's like so what so sanitary towels um we're just uh, like, tampons, diva okay. cups. Oh, we just do that for fun. That's for fun. that's that's just for fun. Like, I'm very proud. I'm not proud of a lot of things about where I'm based, but I am proud of the fact that Edinburgh um has a very good scheme around mm-hmm. periods and ta- like tampons and access to those products. Um, we don't have any extra tax on any of them. Someone's gonna like challenge me on this, but I'm pretty sure. But I know that in like work buildings, restaurants, and like school buildings you get little buckets where it's like just accessible mm. and I've had that since my second year of uni every single bathroom across the whole campus always had um pads and tampons the tampons were organic which is not a bit of me but there were all were always um pads and then twice a year we'd get given these like bags mm-hmm. which had like four of each like boxes mm. and stuff like that. so Scotland's quite good for having accessible um period products and that's the thing, like, again, that adds to more frustration is the kind of the inaccessibility of being able to get them because there's also period poverty and not being able to access and get pads, especially for women that are all, okay, let me not say women, but people that have uteruses and that bleed. Um, 
them not being able to get it if they don't if they are homeless or they are in a financial they're not in a great financial place how are they supposed to get past do you know how expensive this stuff is like um get like I don't know I think before you know having to create a budget and like being much more on top of like the only income provider for my house like because it's just me I had to start looking at the pearl tampon I was like because I have lived a good year of like I have just be picking them up because like you know I've not I've not really had a period for quite a long time so it's only mm-hmm. come back I can always just be getting the box then the other day I was in Tesco. I was looking at it. Three pounds. I said, what? And then I looked at it and it was only 16. I said, this is a ripoff. I took myself to Savers. I got myself some standard tampons for one pound <laughs> a box of 20. Thank you very much. It's it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Like the the amount of money that we have to spend in order to get something that is a necessary, it's so necessary for us. And the fact that it was up for debate in parliament and people were humming and harring and about it makes it even more frustrating. And the fact that it's so inaccessible for women or for people that have periods when they are homeless or when they are not in a great financial place. It's just around the world as well, like, I remember my mom just t- telling me that like when she was um growing up in Kenya like the amount of girls that just didn't go to school because they were on their period because they didn't have anything to take with them so they had to stay home so then yeah. that is then affecting their education where if it, and also women that are the fact that you said like your colleague as well is taking days off work affecting mm-hmm. livelihoods so she's not being paid having to use annual leave I love some certain companies. I think Black Ballad do this, um, where they give you standard, like I think they give you twelve days of the year additional to your annual leave, where um, called period days, yeah. so you can have period days off. Well, I, but we not just... every company does that, and it's like mm. my work doesn't, but my work is very flexible with like working remotely, mm-hmm. and you don't really have to give reason. Like I mean, they encourage you to come in three, two times a week which I do for the most part. But if I was to ever just like, you know, we were saying before the call, like I did that run and I was like, I'm going to be tired. Like I'll just text in and say, I'm going to work from home. Mm-hmm. I just have to give a reason. So like I, me and my colleague, like we were kind of saying how um, it's nice that we have that. But we were like, see if they introduce this period leave. Our, all our higher ups are men. I'd have to go to my male like colleague mm-hmm. and say, which I don't know. I think I have the... I'm a bit of a ball buster that way. I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd want to I'd want to see you squirm and then challenge you on why you're squirming. Mm-hmm. So I have that kind of personality, but one of my other colleagues doesn't. And so like for her, that would that is her nightmare. That's her idea of hell. Mm. To have to go to her male manager and say, Hey, sorry, I need to like work from home today or like I need to take the day off because I'm having the worst period pains ever. I think that's her idea of hell. Mm. And like on LinkedIn, because you know I'm always on that godforsaken app Um, (laughs) there was a lot of commentary and a lot of discourse around it only between women which I always find so fascinating what were they saying well some women were saying that actually it's a really really it's a big disadvantage to women in the workplace because um you know it makes us look weak and incapable of like doing our jobs and it puts us in a like um vulnerable positions in the workplace blah 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 
And other women were saying, no, this is incredibly empowering because, you know, when you know, like, for example, women who know that they're going to get a good maternity package, they work harder for their companies because they feel very well compensated. So mm. she like, no, 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 no. If, if a woman knows that if she's going to be in a position where she's in so much pain that she needs that day off, she's much more likely to like not leave her workplace so quickly, mm-hmm. like be more present because, you know, she feels taken care of. Personally, I think I do see the idea of why it would make you more, vol- especially in the corporate world, especially if you're in financial tech, I can see why, because those are the only industries I'm you know, a little bit more well-versed in, although I'm incredibly junior, so take that with a pinch of salt. Um, I see why they'd have some concerns around, you know, bringing that up. But that speaks more to issues of the patriarchy. Mm. Because it's such a natural thing to go through. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to keep, like, if a man who got chronic migraines said, God, you know, I don't know what it is, but like one day a month it gets so bad that I actually can't work. We would not bat a fucking eye. We, we would understand. Go, Tommy can't be put on that next project because Tommy's a fucking liability. Tommy takes mm-hmm. every two months. So, because he has headaches. So, no for Tommy. He'd be like, oh, it's kind of shit. But, you know, we know that he puts the hours in or. Yeah. Like, he would still like, be considered for the position. He'll be considered and be come back down to his merit, you know, mm-hmm. like how good he is at doing his job. So why is it if a woman said, you know what, like for the most part, my peers are kind of calm, but every three months or something, I don't know what it is. I just get this one day where it's awful. It's just I'm bad. She, it's our perception of what a period is mm. and our civilization of it that impacts how seriously you're taken. And that's more of a reflection of what we need to be doing in the workplace. Mm. And I said, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that was my take on it. No, I I I see where people were coming from on this whole idea of oh if you if you're using those days if we start to introduce it it makes us look at at, uh, at women as if we're weaker and kind of pushes us back but I feel like the the kind of mindset and framework that these women are operating in is a patriarchal lens it's like why do we have to change ourselves and kind of change the way that we work that our bodies work in order to please and go along with within an industry and to go along with kind of like a work pattern that was only ever designed for men yeah it doesn't like the nine to five working day is not great for women and our hormonal it's not um, even cycles for men who want to be present fathers like I don't know if you've looked into any of that research about like how that day pattern has come about our working days Mm -hmm. it is not made for society for a society that's moving away from the patriarchy you know often modern day men can also be on you know receiving kind of the the disadvantages of a patriarchal society so if you're a father who actually wants to be present that working is not for you either if you're a single father as well if you're a single father it's not for you and the way that everything is set up is it's not for the life that we're all trying to create now and mm-hmm. we need to move forward and I think the flexible working and the work from home is a good start um but, but even those things came out of the COVID, pandemic not because of it didn't come out of oh my days people actually want to spend time with their families like oh 
people have like other health and mental health conditions and stuff like that that we need to consider menstruation all those different things no it came out of being forced into our homes yeah and they still want to make a buck off you they still want to make a pretty penny out of you (laughs) that's why they had to find a way and like I was looking at some of um, these like American companies who were doing research into people with uh, like ADHD or like on the autistic spectrum and how they only now take into consideration like you know meeting agendas um creating spaces in the office that have dimmer lights you know not that and like just more friendly for people with any sort of like um who are neurodivergent in different Mm -hmm. ways only came because they saw some of their best workers when they were in the comfort of their home were delivering and Mm. in the office and they were like like you know not quite the same and they've had to make it adaptable to them because they can fully see what they're capable of, which mm-hmm. came as an accident because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. It's, and then they make all these posts about, mm, we're so neurodivergent friendly. And it's like, eh, you just want to put them to work. It was a, it's honestly, it's it, it's a happy accident. That's what it's sounding like. Yeah. yeah. That's not what it's sounding like. That's what it is. It's a happy accident that this kind of happened and this benefits you. And you're seeing, oh wait, this benefits me? okay, I'm still going to make money. I'm going to make even more money because now I'm adapting to my workers. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Work from home. Do what you want. I, again, adds to the frustration of it all. Yeah. I mean, I think something else that really recently um, has been quite frustrating me in terms of education Mm -hmm. is how little knowledge we know about, like, birth control. Like... It's not important, you know, quote unquote, important enough topic to be taught in schools, you know, outside of it's accessible to you should you want it. And and it's really sold to you as a if you want to have sex and not get pregnant, mm-hmm. um, this is what you need. They don't really talk about anything else. And I'm honestly not anti-birth control in any way. Um, I just think I wish I was a little bit more informed. I remember having a conversation with an individual who genuinely had no idea about birth control. Uh, I would like to say the only kind of indicator is that they were American and they were telling me about their like sex ed um, schooling. And I was like, so you never learned about birth control. You never learned about this and this and this. And they were just like, they knew what it was, but they just kind of, the way that they were taught about it was very much like don't have sex and they abstinence first yeah they were like abstinence 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 and it was very interesting because I was like there are other forms there are forms of birth control to ensure and it was like it's not even just and then also knowing the difference of like prevention for STIs as well it was such an interesting conversation. I just remember walking away and just being like, "You, there are there are more than just condoms to prevent pregnancy and also like STIs. And then just having, girl, I've had wild conversations with people. I've had, I, I also think that when we are talking about women's health and birth control and periods, men really need to be included in this conversation. Like they need to be listening. And when I'm saying you're included in the conversation, I mean, sir, Bob, Tom, you're sat in the corner and you're listening and you're taking notes (laughs) and you're studying. Have you had any 
interactions I don't know is that the right way to put that I'm gonna go with it interactions <laughs> with men and your period either like talking to them about you being on your period or like about it or like just yeah I was actually gonna ask you this question because <laughs> I was like how, how do I, I pre- now? How- <laughs> I was like how do I preface into asking <laughs> but yes yes I have um so like in our household we're majority women but even then we were very much tiptoeing around my dad so like we never really said oh yeah by the way dad I'm on my period like Sarah has now had her period because I'm the youngest it was very much like a huh what if your mom went away this is the thing like it was a it it because I had an older sister Mm. she was very much the one that kind of like took the reins on everything so like even if my mom went away plus my mom is very like she always thinks five steps ahead so there was always like pads and we knew where to find them if we ran out in our bathroom we by the time like I could drive and stuff like that like I could take myself and I we all have we've always kind of been very self-sufficient because my mom has been very self-sufficient so like my sister and I I would describe us as very self-sufficient like we know how to take care of ourselves we always know that when we leave save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If to go on a trip, whether or not your period is coming or not, you take a pair, you make sure that you take extra underwear, that you take pads, that you take tampons, Everywhere I go, I have a, like an emergency pouch. I have pads, I have tampons. It's not even just for myself, it's for other people as well. Like I'm all like very self-sufficient. Never really had to have the, a discussion with my dad. My dad kind of, how my mum described it was like, he always knew. He didn't, like he just kind of would a, would be able to like tell, but we never had like an open discussion about it. Never really talked about it. It wasn't until I got into a relationship that I realized, oh, I need to talk about my period. At first, like when we first met, it was very like coy coy, very like, I don't need to talk about it. I need, I don't need to say anything. Like I remember um, he was very much a, an adrenaline junkie, like let's go cliff jumping, that type of thing. And he wanted to go check out this place to go cliff jumping. And li- it was literally that day that my period came. And I said, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, I am going to go and jump off this cliff with this boy that I like. I said, Lord, I'm going to shove that tampon up in there. And I am going to jump off a cliff because I like this man. Okay. You're and crazy. I-, I was crazy. I remember just sitting in the car that whole day being like, Jesus. Jesus, this is how I know love was real because I was really willing, oh, ready God. to jump <laughs> off a cliff for a month. I don't hate that generally. If for me, if my period came, I'd be like, this is God's sign to sit my ass at home. No, I said challenge accepted. I <sighs> But again, it, during the beginning of our relationship, I was very much like, don't say anything. If anything, I think he thought that I just went to the bathroom a lot around a certain month. 
as a certain time of the month. And then it wasn't until, again, this darn old pandemic. It wasn't until the pandemic and we were forced in a space together for a long period of time that I actually had to like really say, like talk about my period. So I was like, okay, so I'm on my period. And it, a lot of the time when I was telling him about my period is because I was like, oh, I can't, we can't have sex because I'm on my period. And then it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm on my period. You want to know more about it? Oh yeah. So sometimes like I get really, I get cramps. I, I get cramps. I don't feel like doing this. Da, 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 da. I feel tired. I feel groggy. I want to sleep more stuff like that and then there was more conversation about it and I was like so if I need you to go and pick up pads or tampons from the shop these are the specific ones that I like and I was like you need to I said this this color this one right here that's the one I want okay that's my flow okay you pick this one these are the pads I like these are the tampons I like okay you buy these only these I don't want super strong flow I don't want this I don't want the ones without the wings I don't want the ones with the wings that are too big I don't want a diaper because that's different that's incontinence that's not a pad um Mm. I don't want a panty liner either that's for the end of your period not for the beginning this is what you get and you better pick up some chocolate when you're picking up some pads for me and then it was just more intrigue of like what do you (laughs) This is TMI, but I think I've said it on the show before. He wanted to know what the period looked like, so I showed him. I never had anybody who's ever had any interest in like. So intrigued. He was, and I was like, a clot, and this is what clots are. And he was like, what the heck is a clot? And I was like, yeah, so it's like this. And like, you just, I just became, after that relationship, I just became very open about it. And then I became very open about it, talking about it with my dad as well. Not to the point of being like, oh, dad, I have a clot, but like, just being like, <laughs> just being like oh, um, like I'm on my period or like I'm not having a good day because I'm on my period or something like that. Or like I have a headache, but my period's coming and stuff like that. Yeah. I just became way more open about it and just being like, it's needed and it's necessary. And so in the future relationships that I have, I hope to also have that same openness because I'm like, you need to, if you're going to be in a relationship with me, you need to know what's going on with my body. I, yeah. But what about you? I like, um, I'm just laughing about so much stuff. I think, so with my first ex, I remember it, I don't know, I would say things like, oh, I'm on my period. So like, I don't really, I don't really want to like have sex or anything or like, mm-hmm. or I just be a bit like, oh, I'm a bit grumpy. So come at your own, like at your own risk. Proceed with <laughs> caution. Yeah. Cause if I'm a bitch, then you brought yourself here and it's on you now. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but then I remember the first time where we actually had to really, so I was very like open and honest off the bat, like before we were even in an actual relationship when mm-hmm. I could have just like, ignored him, ghost him, whatever. Like, yeah, I was just very like, I'm gonna let you know um but once we got into a relationship it was very much my own thing I'm the same as you like I really come prepared I even have like you know the um the little bags like you can get the disposable bags mm-hmm. I don't know I think I always get mine from Tesco so they're always purple mm. my bag I always have one of those and then two tampons and like one pad and like mm. and then a little bit of like paracetamol like I'll cut off a row and I just mm-hmm. have- and it's like one because 
I mine can be a little bit unpredictable because for a while so back in September is when I first got my period no August is when I first got my period back after like a year of not having it um and it was like you know my my cycle was very much settling into its own so it was chaotic like it was mm. whenever it wanted to so I was always prepared but now I still do it even when I know oh I'm ovulating I'm days away I'll still just like carry it because the girls are in need you know it surprises us so I remember like I was going to stay with him and having like I rem- I, I did pack stuff but it still came early and I didn't have enough mm-hmm. I I get horrible cramps mm. two, god it's awful for me I just could not get up to go and also the last pad I had was like overflowing mm-hmm. so she liked him I can't come to the shops with you you need to get in your car get in your little car and go drive away <laughs> and I was like on google she, like taking pictures I was like I want this one and it's mm-hmm. not this is two and if that's not there you drive to another shop because I am not coming up with anything <laughs> else <laughs> like and I had this weird thing where every time I was on my period I was obsessed with pink glucosate so um, it went without, and I'm a sweet person, not the biggest chocolate person. So mm. I think from my incredibly snappy mood, <laughs> he came home with two, like both things that I sent. He was like, just in case, uh, <laughs> pink glucosade and lots of sweets and stuff. Um, yeah. And then I think as a couple, you kind of fell into your own as like, oh, my period's coming. Like, mm. I'm doing this way. Like, I don't really want to go and do this. And like to be fair, he d- he really didn't give a crap. Like he was not inquisitive in any way. Mm. But he was like comfortable to let me talk about it in as little or as much depth as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with my last ex, obviously that's a bit different because we lived together. Mm-hmm. So that was very like you finna know about this today. Like uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you about everything in all its detail. One thing though, he refused to ever look at a clock he was like I don't want to see it I don't want to be near it I don't want to I don't even really describe it to me why when I got my um I find them so intriguing I'm like damn what the heck is that and I'm like clock well no I we were talking about me going to the doctors actually because Mm -hmm. I was having these horrible clocks that to the point where I felt like the bottom half of my body was like gonna be paralyzed from crippling pain like I couldn't walk I couldn't move and I was in the office and I was calling him and I was like something's going on something's going on like I think I'm gonna die um and I'm not sure we've spoken about this before but I've miscarried before so I was like it was in that same level of pain I was like something is awful mm. and I went to the bathroom 10 minutes later I passed the biggest clot I have ever seen in my life and you know what I took a picture of it and I was like and because I was in shock no it's like I saw the picture it's it was this big oh my god this long it took up the whole you know that little like bit in your yeah 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 yeah. go on the whole thing the whole length and it was so thick and I like sent it to my mom because I was like you're a nurse you need to I was like mom cap off nurse hat on am I dying do I need to go and see a physician what happened um I got were you okay I ended up going to the doctors and they were just like it's your period coming back with vengeance and clearing out and like it's also also I had complications with the coil which Mm. is why we had to get it removed um so yeah and I remember telling him and he was like no 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 no. I believe you I believe you and I was like no because in my head I think you think it's this big when really it is huge and, mm. and I was like you're not living through it just look at it and he was like no he was like Esther this is a stern boundary I will do anything else for you but just don't make me look at that and I was like okay 
Uh, I did my feelings a little bit actually that day, but looking back, I'm like, it's actually fair for someone not to want to see your blood. Like, yeah. that's, that's actually reasonable. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter which part of your body it's coming out of. Sometimes people just don't want to see the blood yeah. that is coming out of your body. And that is valid and okay. And yeah. you will not be subjected to seeing my massive clots. Yeah, literally, that's right. <laughs> like, I'm going to believe this in a month, but right now, I'm trying to come to terms with it. Like, <laughs> but yeah, it's always like, I like loosey goosey with period information. Mm. Um, that's what it is. I think I, I was, I was never like that, as we said in school. I think I maybe got to like, um, uni I think once I started dating I was like you should be so lucky (laughs) (laughs) that I want to spend time with you and um also I feel like I quite enjoyed the just being able to be like I don't want you to look at me and think I'm being crazy for the sake of it I'm gonna be crazy if I don't know why and it's because this is happening to me Mm. Uh, also with like birth control it really messes your cycle up and like whatever at least for me I was fine on the pill for quite a few years the last few years though not great Mm. and I think that really goes in tandem with conversations around your period because then they always go and why did you go on it and you and I personally went on it to begin with because I had the worst period in the world they were like four they lasted 14 days Mm. they were so heavy Mm. so painful Mm -mm. and yeah I was like no and then I remember recently actually having a conversation with my ex because I was really like I can't uphold this conversation um actually not my not my last sex before that about something and I was just like no I can't talk to you right now like my period is trying to kill me and then you know he's had other girlfriends since and he basically was like telling me this like it's brand new information he was like you know I think it's crazy that you only really get like like one week of actual peace as a woman you know while your hormones aren't like acting up he was like telling about all the stuff that he's learned about like ovulation and how that can mess with your emotions and you know, I thought, yeah, yeah, bitch, mm. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my first rodeo. <laughs> but like, you know what? Good for you that you have, like, you know, you had a partner who was like, I'm going to tell you the science. Mm-hmm. No, um, it is, it is, it is good. But it is funny when it's like, oh my God, did you know? It's like, oh yeah, bitch, I experienced it. <laughs> funny that. Yeah, yeah. funny. Although I'll tell you something, which is very, which I've been coming to terms with. I'm not really sure why. Now, an openness to dating. I, like my friend who also is newly, like not newly, because it's been quite a while now. Like she's maybe seven months single now, eight months. She's Mm -hmm. just started like fully dating. Like I'm going to spend time, consistent time around the person. Mm -hmm. She is even more of a like, I'm going to say what I need to say. If you're uncomfortable, shame on you kind of person. And but with men, she cannot seem to tell them that she's on their period right now. Really, that's so interesting. Her, and her period comes, she like makes up an excuse to cancel, or she's like, "Oh, you know, I'm not really feeling too well," and like that's it. And I was like, "Huh?" Because I would see her around her boyfriend, and she would literally be like, "Oh, yeah, I'm like an upside down volcano today." <laughs> like, you should- <laughs> she would just say the most crass, chaotic things, and like. So seeing this version, maybe it's like a, a comfort, you know. Mm. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I've always been very, yeah, you're going to know. Mm. I think it is. If, it if is... I didn't tell them, they would know. <laughs> I, think... Different. <laughs> I think even in sharing it, I think 
as much as yes there is the kind of the nature of it being quite taboo and people not wanting to talk about it because of the lack of information and all that different stuff there is a vulnerability in sharing like oh hey right now like it's the same as saying like I'm I'm just like I've got, I've got a headache and stuff like that. so there is a level there's a level of trust that you have to have with the other person or yeah, I, I would say also a level of urgency as well because when it comes to work and stuff and you're like hey I cannot come in right now because I am dying from my period I don't think that I I see it as a vulnerable thing to discuss personally I see it as a potentially annoying thing to discuss because it's based on how the other person's gonna take it so that's Ooh. kind of how I measure it I'm like oh, is this how I find out that you don't know anything about women and that you're actually like ignorant and don't you've never had like in my Ooh. opinion, like a proper relationship, really. Like, is this how I'm going to find this out? Or are you going to be all like, oh, like, oh, oh, don't say that about me. Oh, I don't want an oh, icky. Because also I'm going to be like, oh, God, what a what an irritation. And, and that doesn't just go for, like, a potential partner, but also, like, a colleague or something. I'm going to be mm. like, get your finger out your ass. Like, we're all adults here. Let's get on with it. Yeah. And, no, like, no, now that you say that, sorry, I have to say, yeah, I think the way that you've put it is way better. I, I take back what I said. I actually agree with what you said. I think it's about you assess the person's level of comfort of whether yeah. they can handle it or not. Yeah. Sorry, and continue, continue. Find out who you are, you know, because sometimes I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, when you have like a political question to ask someone as well and you're like, once I ask this, there's no going back. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit like that as well. I'm like, because there was like a day in the office and I had like a few meetings and like, I ran out of tampons. I don't know how it happened. But I need to go to Tesco. But I'd already had my lunch break and I was out of office for the entire time. So I did kind of need to say, like, why I was running out. And I, like, messaged all my female colleagues and they were like, no, I don't have any either. And, you know, whatever. And I just messaged my manager. Like, I think he definitely knew because I was, like, going through my bag. I was going through, like, one of the other girls' desk who wasn't in. But I was only going through the other girl's desk. Mm. I to, like, text them first and, like... You know, and then the other girl would rummage through her bags. Like, it was very obvious what was going on. And so I texted my manager when I left and just said, oh, I'm so sorry, I have to go get some tampons from Tesco. Like, and it was fine. Yeah. Would I have said that to his face? Probably not. Mm. Probably not. And it's because I don't know how he would have reacted. I don't think I would have been in the space to handle it if it was what if it was a reaction that I wouldn't have wanted from him. Because I, mm. everyone's reactions are warranted, but, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. but now as as girls as a collective we now have a box where we have three boxes of tampons and um ibuprofen paracetamol and neurofin that um, is so good yeah so it will never happen again that is so that is actually a really great idea um to have in an office space or in any workspace where you are working with other people that bleed as well have a box um because you definitely need um as we've said before, you have no idea what sometimes when it's going to come. Even when it's regular, sometimes she can just be, she can just pop up on you and she's like, hello, yeah. it's me. Hi. You didn't think I was going to come today? Girl, I'm here. Also, different things really skew it. I had a really stressful month last month and it brought my period on early mm. by a week. I did not, mm-hmm. it was not helping with the stress, I'll tell you that. But yeah, different things affect it. I'm not really, not really too sure, but men are just not as I guess it's like they have that aspect of it's not my body Mm -hmm. my thing but I think something that's really important to me once I got into long-term relationships is like being open and and happy to discuss it with me 
mm-hmm. being open and happy to like get into it and I wanted them to ask questions as well but also because I wanted them if they had daughters for their daughters to be able to ask some questions yeah and for it to be really like normal and calm mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. really important to me so yeah but periods are a really tricky topic because they're linked to so many other things as well right like mm-hmm. pregnancy oh mm-hmm. my pregnancy Mm-hmm. yeah like uh, emergency birth control that skews your cycle oh yes plan b mm-hmm. and then keeping on top of your cycle flipping hell clue chef's kiss period tracker apps they're very good very however good. do you know that the, did you the, hit... states, though. the what don't do it in the states if you're if you're based in the states state state like especially one of those that have implemented the anti-abortion oh yeah and like your period tracking information can be used against you by the government don't, <gasps> don't do that if you're there though what's it called um like third party companies have got stakes uh, i'm not saying the right words properly but like the whole cookies thing and data selling your data from clue or yeah. from well actually not clue, but, i mean it depends what clue is but clue is meant to be really good because they keep, they don't sell on your data to um, third, third parties. parties. But Flow does. But some have, yeah, um, basically. Apple, Apple's um, health tracker thing, that because you, you can fill it in there as well. Oh, really? Mm. Mm. I started using it a little bit, as, but it's actually, it's not as good as Clue. So. Mm. Nah, um, Clue, Clue is my girl. Also, I love this when people do Yeah. Sponsored <laughs> by Clue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because it gives you a little fact. I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, when it talks to you about, um, I don't know if you knew this, but what your discharge looks like will tell you which stage of your flow, like your flow you're on. I didn't know that the app does it, but I'm it's not well, surprised you by can fill it. it in, the color, it says like egg white, clear. Like you, it's one of the things that you can fill in on Clue to mm. track. Um, but yes, yeah, so like I know when I'm going to be ovulating because my discharge changes just before. And then I get ovulation pain, which, by the way, I didn't get until I was an adult. So as a teenager, never got it. I... So when I first got ovulation pain, I was calling my mum like, I'm dying. I had it. I've I've kind of always had it, so I've not been surprised by it. But I think the like, awareness of it now, I can always tell, like, which side. That, you know, you know, it's not meant to be that painful, but there's nothing that you can do about it. Because I said this to my mum, I was like, it is so painful for me that I know exactly which side the egg has been released from. I had a month where I had a, the like two months back to back from the same side. And I was like, should I be, should I be concerned? <laughs> it's like, you guys are not switching sides. Mm. Lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Is one of you being lazy? <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's not meant to be painful enough for you to know to that level. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Get the book. Get or one of the books. I'm literally. I wrote it down as soon as you said it. I was like, "Period head power." Ten pounds. This episode is brought to you by Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But in talking about how wonderful and weird periods are, what is kind of like the weirdest or strangest or most surprising? symptom or period poops. i guess period poops oh poops. 
I was going to bring period poops up the wall. Do you know my ex is the one who's been like a thing? I, nobody, nobody I've ever been around in my life had ever really talked about it as a thing. Nobody had really discussed it. I think his partner before me must have brought it up and they looked into it together and so he knew. So, like, I was kind of, I have, like, very inconsistent, like, I'm, I'm, like, constipated most of my life. Like, honestly, it's horrible. I maybe go, like, three times a week. A week, which is not great. Well, my period comes. Good God! And I remember telling him like it's just so like obviously when we moved in together. Because at that point, like that's another level of like vulnerability, vulnerability mm-hmm. to your life and just how your body works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like, yeah, poop poops. Do you not know? Like it's because everything's contracting, and so like it just it makes your bowels contract as well. And I yeah. was like, oh, I don't know. So he told me, I. I didn't know that it was like a proper thing. What I did know though was that every time I was on my period, I knew I was going to poop good. Yeah, it is. You feel cleared out, I'm telling you. You feel like everything is out. Oh my God. I would literally come I out of the bathroom like. So sometimes I like save the, the gluten filled things that I'm desperate, like craving to have for all my period because I know it's not going to like, it's fine. <laughs> Like, I'm going to go. So it's all good. I, like, spend the whole month, like, but I know on the 18th, I could have those. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that is my most shocking um, period symptom. Did you know that you can also have, like, there's a thing such as, like, a period flu? That so, happens. like, so, like, basically, you don't have the flu. Like, if, if you... Basically, when was it? I think a couple of months ago, I started realizing that a week before my period, my I would have a sore throat. I would have like, ba- like a migraine and like symptoms of like a flu. So everything of how I used to feel like when I had the flu, I would have those symptoms. I wouldn't be coughing though. I wouldn't. There wouldn't be like mucus or anything. It would just. I would feel very fatigued. I would feel a sore throat and I would have a headache and I felt like the symptoms of a flu. And I kept thinking, oh my God, I have a flu. And especially around COVID as well. And especially because I used to be working during, um, working in like healthcare. So we had loads of COVID kits. I would take COVID kit. I would take a test all the time. Negative, negative, negative. There was nothing wrong with me. And then literally seven days later, all of those different things, all of the symptoms gone and I'm on my period. And I got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm getting flu symptoms before my period. Is there such a thing as like a period flu? So I researched it and they were like, yeah, period flu. It's a thing. It's because the the hormones are imbalanced. There's more of this than and less of that. So it starts to mimic symptoms of this. And I was like, so you're telling me not only does my body prepare to make me pregnant and then gets upset with me when I, it's not pregnant, now all of a sudden it is lying to me and saying you have the flu, you have the flu, bitch. Oh, you you don't want to have a baby, flu. But really, you don't have the flu. But you have the flu. But you don't have the flu. I awful. I don't get it anymore. But I used to have it before. It was really really bad. Like I genuinely felt so run down. But I don't feel like in comparison to some of my other friends, some of the things. That I experience is not as bad as them. Sometimes they are throwing up. Yeah, I honestly, my second day is bad. 
sometimes I do throw there was one time that I did throw up and it I genuinely was like oh my god like genuinely like periods are mimicking like pregnancy symptoms because I remember I went downstairs I I had like this little bit of a window of where I could eat between cramps and I needed to take paracetamol so it was like that small window I'm gonna open up the fridge find some food open the fridge the smell of the fridge was so bad I smelt it I closed the fridge and I was like oh my god I'm gonna throw up and I'm dramatic so I was like oh my god I'm gonna throw up and then being like ha 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 no girl I threw up I said gone everything in my stomach left I could oh I couldn't hold anything down I feel like as women our bodies really like they're not always our friends like you know that's just fucking awful have the flu but also in saying about how how it like um I don't know who was telling me this your perception your mate preferences change before just as you're ovulating your body lowers your standards for men because it's like (laughs) we have given you weeks to find someone you can't it's time to get pregnant so him he's good enough you like him now he looks good to you i'm trying have you found that for yourself 100 100 there have been moments and it's also because like you know it gets your libido going as well and like there's like two three days before and you're just like i yeah i have to be very aware i'm like i think i was saying this at the start how like i was always feeling and i was like and then I was like oh yeah I'm ovulating I was like thank god because I did not know what was going on with my standards I was like I'm trying to think I don't feel like my standard has ever really or not that I am aware of I noticed I like let things slide a little bit more like I have very you know I've got very chopping rules like you don't say something in the correct set of words gone you're not like um what's the word like you know that perfect blend of like um authoritative or like I don't know what the word is like control it I don't know that's not the word you know when you want a man that like just takes a bit of charge you know really like assertive assertive assertive, Uh but also considerate like I'm that's a very hard line but I'm very like I need that Mm mm-hmm and if someone isn't demonstrating that, even even if it could be an accident, gone. There's no second chance. Ed, blocked, deleted, gone. <laughs> when I'm ovulating, I'm a little bit like, me. <laughs> and then the I, next day I wake up and I was like, Esther, what the hell? No. What was going on with you yesterday? I find that I what I want from the person kind of changes the oh, only thing that I can think, um, yeah, it's just, it's, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, like, what I want from them is, yeah, so sometimes when I'm, like, closer towards my period, I'm, like, I feel a little bit more affectionate, and I want to talk more about my feelings and stuff okay. like that. Do you, when you realize that you're feeling that, do you, do you go with it, or do you put yourself aside? Because me personally, this is, okay, this isn't recent, this is years ago. I, if I felt the need to be more affectionate, I was like, this is a red flag, something's going on with me, this isn't quite right. No, I I <laughs> I try to, and I guess that kind of leads into, I guess this le- yeah le- leads into my question of like how you are re-educating yourself and also kind of how what you are passing down onto Angel. So I'm just gonna like 
use this to segue into that last question but like I feel like now I kind of try to honor myself and honor my body so like if I am feeling like I need more affection I'd like go into it and I lean into it now a lot of the time it's never really more physical affection it's more kind of like just being more in touch with my emotions and so honoring that like if I feel like saying to my friends oh my god you're amazing and I think you're the best person in the world and like I go into that I'm because I'm not like physical touch is like one of the is that not is not one of the lowest it is the lowest of my love languages so if I am coming up to you and saying I need a hug best believe I need the hug it yeah, doesn't matter I, what hormone is talking. I need the hug. Give me the hug. Okay. Give me the hug. But I do find that like, I think I lean more into my other higher love languages. So like quality time, uh, quality time, acts of services, acts of service and words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. I will kind of want to spend more time with my friends. I will be more affectionate with my words I'll be like I think you're amazing and especially as like a in the work that I do especially being a director and stuff like that sometimes the notes that I give are more nicer oh they're nice yeah like I remember one time I was having a debrief with my director and I was like and I thought that when you did this this was really nice and I really enjoyed the performance of this because I could see the and he was just like Sarah any nice comments don't tell me them because I don't need to know them. Just tell me anything that needs to be actioned. And because he was like, I'm not used to hearing somebody compliment me. And I was like, now where is this coming from? Where is that coming from? Do you not know that you're amazing? Yeah. And he was just like, "Mm." (laughs) his awkwardness, my awkwardness, we just kind of just like looking at each other like, what's going on here? Yes. What's happening? happening here? Other time I, of the months, I'm like, y'all were trash, didn't like this, didn't do this. Da, 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 da. But I do find, yeah, I just try to like lean into. It's difficult. How I, I think that like my emotions are really different depending, like platonic and romantic relationships are really different for me. Like, mm-hmm. as my friend, like, I, I feel this, oh, this is so weird, but like, I feel this way with my mom sometimes. Like, I know that something is going on with my hormones when I'm like, and I just love her. And she's just like, what she's given up for me. Like, I just like, what she's done. And like, and she's always growing. I just need to tell her. And then I'm like, this is interesting. <laughs> like, but I will text her it because I'm like, she should know, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a strong indicator that some hormonal things are going on, you know, because it's always out of nowhere. Like, we've not been talking about anything. We've like, nothing's going on. Nothing's changed. But I'm just like, she's just like like so like teary um and then with my friends I think we were all a bit even me and you like we'll like riff on each other a little bit more Mm -hmm. and so if I feel the need to be like "Ah, I just love you like I'm gonna say it and if you're not where I am I'm gonna welcome the what is wrong with you what's going on but I'm gonna say it anyway however with men different different rule book and I it's probably because I'm you know have always had a bit of a weirdness with emotional availability and vulnerability with it romantically anyway mm-hmm. and, you know coming off the cuff of a breakup very different but if I ever feel the need to 
I'm nice. I'm always nice. I think I'm always, mm-hmm. I'm always going to give you a compliment. But if I feel the need to be affectionate, if I feel the need to want a hug, I'm like, it's time to go home and figure out where this is coming from because this isn't you and uh, you can work this out in your own time. Mm. And, like, I'm just like, mm-mm, mm-mm, go home. Go go call your friend. Like, Do you away. find, sorry, because I said that this was going to segue into the last question, but it's not the last question. We're going to have a bunch more questions, sorry, because I've just thought of something from what you said. Because you said like it's it's changed towards the end, like basically towards the end of the cycle, beginning of the actual period, because the period when you're bleeding is day one. So like towards the end of the cycle into the actual I am bleeding. That's when your emotions change towards like friends and family, as you've said. But does uh, it change? I think before my period, I'm, a bit, I'm just a bit hornier. And then I was good, literally, li- that is I'm my question. A bit more like. That was actually my my question. Like, does it change while you're ovulating as well? And what do you notice about yourself when you're ovulating? When I'm ovulating, you know, I I was actually speaking to one of my friends who said that she is she gets all of her hormonal side effects, like her emotional side effects, I should say, when she's ovulating or the week before her period. On her period, she's calm. She's just bleeding. Get a few gets a few cramps. That's about that. Mm. She's just herself. Me, like I said, I never really used to get ovulation pains, but. The build I get when I get ovulation pains, I'm also very horny. And I'm like, hmm, that tracks. And then after I finished ovulating, because that's usually like two days um, mm-hmm. for me anyway, then it's like the wait to my period. I'm t- typically okay, but then maybe a few days before, maybe three days before, I get low. I'm low. I'm blue. Mm. I'm critical. I'm like, I'm like, nothing's ever going to work out. You're like, you know, everyone hates you. You suck at everything. You can't do one thing right. And you're like, you look horrible. Your skin shit. You can't put on those trousers. Like, I'm just so like critical and low. And and it gets to the point where I'm like, it's the same as like when I'm so like horny. I'm like, where does this come from? I need to go look at where this has come from because there's, mm. there's absolutely no one in my life getting this emotion from me. So, and then I look at the app, I'm like, oh, that's right. And then when I'm feeling this low and down, I'm like, what the hell where mm. is this from mm-hmm. and then I look at the clue app and I'm like my period's two days away that yeah. okay okay this, I don't this hate all me. makes Poor sense just hate me good to know <laughs> <laughs> and then then I feel the better and like I think my my period's honestly taken up by the feeling of pain that's my primary pain that's my primary thing of just being uncomfortable in pain constantly trying to work out what I can and can't do like if I go to the gym right now, is it going to alleviate the pain? Is it going to worsen the pain? Mm. Mm. Do I want to sit and eat all those chocolates or am I going to be nauseous? Mm. Or, you know, do I want to be around people? Is it going to help me and cheer me up? Even Or or am I going to be like miserable bitch in the corner? Like my period is taken up by anxiety of trying to figure out what's going to go on. And that tends to be when I'm much more like affectionate. Like when I had a partner, I would literally say to him all the time I just want to be so close to you like I want to unzip your skin and just like get in like (laughs) (laughs) that is how close I want to be and like I'm not a hugger by any means I don't even like being touched I used to tell people I was allergic to being touched now we all know I'm a liar but like that's how much I hate it Mm. if someone's talking to me and they put their hand on me I can't focus on anything you're saying because all I want is for you to step off girl 
like it makes gives me heart palpitations I feel like I'm itching like it literally makes me feel like I'm gonna get a rash like I hate it so much um my brother was just telling me you make me feel like I'm like gross or something and I'm like it's not you it's me it's me and I'm sorry I love you but remove your hand from my shoulder please don't <laughs> and like I but when I'm on my period I'm like what why would you give Oh my god! Why are you texting me? Like we are the worst texters. We're like, you're gonna get a reply back in ten seconds or in three to five business days. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I'm like, do you hate me? Is this why you're not replying? <laughs> and like, will you FaceTime me so that like I just can talk? You know, I'm just so much more needy and affectionate on my period. It's oh annoying. So I fill up. I've learned to fill up my period with um, friendship or alone time. Mm. where I don't require any like I won't schedule in any of my big runs I won't mm-hmm. schedule in any studying or any big work stuff or any of like my own dates with myself or anything nothing that takes mm-hmm. too much time I'll have a lot of time by myself I'll schedule in a big hike where mm-hmm. I, I, I tell you about the time I went on that hike and I just screamed in the in the middle of the forest because I just needed it like <sighs> that's what I'll do mm. I'll like have really low maintenance friend dates so I can get my hugs in. I can get my like, I love you so much. You're just so amazing. <laughs> I don't care. No one ever tell me. Like I'll get all of that out. <laughs> and then like the next week, I'm like, you're a dumb bitch. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Go and correct what you've just done. Like, <laughs> back to my usual self. <laughs> all wrong. And here's an essay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, but, I love my friends that like that. So yeah, hopefully um, we'll all sync up and have it all. Maybe that'll be the worst thing ever. Maybe that'll be the worst thing ever. <laughs> and what are you? Because it sounded like that's what you're doing to kind of like honor yourself and honor your period. Um, do actually do you feel like you're doing that, or do you feel like you're kind of like an um, I think, you're being held hostage by your body. I think I felt realized it, and I felt like I was being held hostage by it. I think especially you know, coming out of a relationship and not having like someone that can is just there that you can just go hug all the time and that mm-hmm. just like you know whatever um I felt very full of it and obviously you know like I I would say that my period cycle normaled out and was consistent from January on mm. no December December mm-hmm. I'm also figuring out like, like I've been on birth control since I was 18 17 and then I was on the pill for like seven years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe 16 till 20 something. Came off that, was put on a mini pill. Horrible. That lasted about three months. Mm. Worst thing. Then mm. I got coil. And on the coil, I didn't even have like an artificial, what do they call it? Like a breakthrough bleed. I didn't have any bleeding whatsoever. And I was on that for almost a year. So, you know, it wasn't until I'm like a full adult figuring out and having a natural period for the first time. For the, actually, for the first time as an adult. And figuring that out has already been like its own mountain to climb because mm-hmm. it's so individual. And then, and, you know, we're all learning as we go because we weren't educated properly mm-hmm. at school. Mm-hmm. So when I took it upon myself to be like, I'm going to start reading up on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, I've also had the fear that I would like couldn't get pregnant or something or that something else would go wrong. So I really want to be as educated as possible on what my options are. And um, was that show the highlights that they did on Channel 4? with all the black um it's like a I feel like it was a black made in Chelsea you know it was, that's what it was given yeah I do I um, do know the show that you're talking about but I, I don't remember what it's called she was freezing her eggs mm-hmm. 
And that made me very like, you don't know a damn fucking thing about mm. the So, um, and you know, I was always like curious about you know, whether I wanted to have children anytime soon. And so, um, yeah, I got books and started to educate myself. I think then being single is very resentful because I didn't, I took for granted maybe the having someone just there. Mm. Um, and I took it upon myself to like, you know what? You're an adult who is menstruating and at least for the foreseeable future, I won't be on any birth control or like doing anything to um, potentially like change my cycle. So mm-hmm. get, to know it. get to know it and make it work for you. It's like mm-hmm. the workplace and the patriarchy. It's going to be there, but you can bend it to make <laughs> it work as best as it can for you. Yeah. That's kind of like the attitude that I've taken towards it um, is to educate myself as much as I can and make it as easy for me as possible. Mm-hmm. And then learning and like, Filling out how you feel, you know, every day, and then mm-hmm. on the app, fucking clue, honestly, love that thing, and just seeing, you know, I'm feeling very emotional here. I'm feeling very antisocial around this time, and then mm. just seeing it's a pattern all the time. Mm. I'm, I'm going to curate my life to to be set up around that. Mm. And how is that influencing how you are as an older sister? Um, I think my sister thinks I'm a bit crazy. Like, she thinks I'm very like because I was saying you know when when I want to start dating again no one is coming near me that week before because I can't trust myself <laughs> my body is not my friend so no and then you know the next week it's like friendships and then maybe you know towards the end I could go on a date or something I don't know figure that out because I'm normally out a bit more and then whatever take it from there and she was just like you're that's ridiculous just do what you want when you want I was like girl I think I don't know if it's aging or what, but my pricks have got worse over time. So I'm like, don't say nothing to me till you get here. Mm. And um, I tell them, I'm like, and did you know this? And did you know that? But like, with my decision, how I choose to live my life, I always give it to her as information and as a consideration point. I'm like, and it could be different for you. So mm. just know, and then like, make a choice. Or like mm. if I hear something from a friend, I'm like, doesn't my friend doesn't really get long periods. They last about three days, doesn't have a lot of pain, but you know, she's a bit more emotional than I am. Like, mm. you know, she definitely is the mood swing queen for those three days. So I'm like, you never know how it's gonna be. And I think she just takes it as like I don't think that she particularly sees the advantages because she doesn't know any different, you know? Mm. But like for me, I see it as I'm helping you get to the conversations that it took me until I was 18, 20, 23 to mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when she had a period, like I was like, she, I think I was like, I happened to be home. Mm. Just, just happened. Look at God. I just happened to be home. <laughs> and so we're like, you know, I got her all the stuff and like, you know, I was like, it's all good. And like, don't worry about it. And, um, you know, I mean, I think she, she, she's, yeah, I don't know. People have their own opinions about when people can start using tampons and stuff and blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. still my mother's home. So I was running on her opinions. So I got pads and, you know, painkillers and, like, some treats. And I'll still do it now, like, if I'm home and, like, I'll, like, go and get her, like, maybe some nicer pads or something. So I don't know what it is about my mom. But I feel like she just gets, like, the night ones as, like, a just consistent. <laughs> um, So I'll get her lots and stack up and then I'll get her, like and stuff and like different painkillers so mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it and like how annoying it is and like like she experiences stuff that I didn't experience I, just, I think she gets spots and stuff like um she gets like a breakout which mm-hmm. I never get 
So even through talking to her, I'm like learning about different symptoms. Mm. But I make it this really normal, like, oh, isn't it fucking annoying? Like, mm. just over a cup of tea. And like, even when she comes to stay with me for like a week, if there's a man, like, you know, if my partner's in the room or something, we're still going to talk about it. It's not going to be this thing. It's like, shh. Mm. Like, so I think that's helping her understand that like seeing it as a, this is our life as women. And this mm-hmm. is normal. This is Norm- what it normalizing is. it. Yeah. Mm. So, that's really good she boy. may not she may not be able to understand it now but in the future or even maybe the conversations that she then has with her friends and being yeah. like oh yeah my sister told me this yeah and I think mm. that's when she sees it like every now and then she'll like bring it up and they'll be like oh what oh mm. Mm. Then, yeah so that's my intention I think also like I just remembered that you know the shame around your period comes from the fact and why originally you're meant to keep it a secret comes from your period signifying that you're now of childbearing age mm-hmm. so that's why your mothers would encourage you to keep it a secret so that men weren't as interested in you mm. or you keep it a secret because if you were like you know what's the word betrothed, betrothed mm-hmm. engaged to be married like you know you were going to be sent off and marry someone else once your period came you could start bearing children therefore off you go yeah your husband's house Mm-hmm. And what 12 or something like you know, obviously this was like decades ago but that's where the shame comes comes mm. from. is it from that moment on you're a woman and also the the cultural elements as well there are certain cultures in which like when you when women are on their periods they that's have to be, like be sent away yeah. and like sent to different places because they're considered like unclean and stuff like that religions have that so like yeah. um, in islam you can't there's certain prayers that you can't do while you're on your period um in judaism you can't sleep in the same bed as your husband and then you're sent off to the um i don't remember what they call it but it's like um like a, a bathing thing and it's mm. like over and you're dunked into the holy water and then you come back out and then once you come back out you can go back you can go back to your marital bed and like you can go back to like temple and yeah. So interesting. I think that that kind of sums everything that we've said. Do you have any last words, any parting words that you would like to give to the audience? Regardless of your gender or your sexuality, educate yourself on not even just the menstrual cycle, but female anatomy. <laughs> For the love of God, please. If you think you know, you probably don't because if you read all these books written by physicians a lot of them also talk about how even as physicians they're still learning things now that is brand new information so you know from a medical a a social religious if that's you know the way that you live your life educate yourself on all these things and how it impacts the women around you Mm -hmm. but really just like the overarching kind of experience of a woman's just the way that you have to live with mm. these things going on because once you tackle your period flipping hell have you have you heard about the menopause symptoms good god so just try and be as educated as possible especially if, especially if you're someone who is going to be there to support a woman during labor at any point mm. during childbearing or in avoiding having to be with child you want to get yourself as educated as possible because all these things really impact you and take a lot of conscious decisions 
so just try if you really want to be supportive perspective mm. mm-hmm. go do your research educate yourselves educate yourself period literally that's on period <laughs> but thank you esther for coming back onto the show for sharing your wisdom and understanding and knowledge of periods menstruation and all the things in between um i'm gonna link the books and everything that you've referenced in this episode in the description actually on the website um but yeah i'll send it to you too thank you but yeah thank you thank you for coming again thank you for having me thank you again esther for being on this episode and thank you for being willing to come on this podcast and talk about periods and blood and blood clots that's all i can really say as for my own takeaways from this episode i think my takeaway from this episode is simply within the importance of discussing the female anatomy and learning more about the body and having more open dialogues so that we can better understand ourselves I found that in the years since opening up about my own menstruation with friends, reading research online and asking questions that I've learned so much more about my body and how to understand myself. I found that although the cramps are just as severe, I honour my body and my body reciprocates. It's almost like an unspoken agreement, which ultimately is for my betterment. When my body says relax, take a break and I do that, I see the benefits within my own menstruation cycle. Additionally, particularly if you are a young girl in school, I know that this is a very confusing time and your peers in the playground may not be the best people to turn to about what you're experiencing right now, but just know periods are nothing to be ashamed of. It is something to be celebrated. It is normal and it's a part of life. And as you learn yourself and you learn your body more, you'll learn to discern what feels right and what does not feel right. And when something doesn't feel right, please consult a physician, a parent or a trusted guardian when you feel that something isn't right. So those were my takeaways. But what were your misconceptions about periods? Let me know. And you can let me know by following Miss Educate on social media. The information will be in the description box below. Additionally, so will the Miss Educate blog where you can now listen to this episode, along with a few additional notes from yours truly. And while you're there, don't forget to add your email to the subscription list so that you don't miss out on new posts. And lastly, continue to watch, read, listen, educate, and then re-educate yourselves. Make sure to rate, review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this podcast with a friend and tune in next time for another discussion on the Miseducate podcast. Bye! Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.